From Winter Heart Studios, I'm Elgin Davis, and this is the More Human Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 8 of the More Human Podcast. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, welcome. It's so good to have you. You look great. (laughs) If you've been here before and you kind of know the ropes, welcome back. You look great too. (laughs) Can you believe summer's already over? I don't actually remember summer happening, but it's August. It's mid-August now, so I guess summer happened. Um, There was kind of a lot of other things going on that kind of uh, overshadowed what would normally be our summer. But anyway, we've got a good episode here for you today, so I hope you're ready. As always, stay tuned to the end of the episode to learn how you can be a More Human Podcast Listener of the Week. And if you haven't already, be sure to check out the More Human Podcast Instagram and Facebook pages. Alright, let's dive right into this week's content. The ukulele has become my emotional support instrument. (laughs) For times such as these, music is great for me. So, today we're talking about empathy, but maybe in a different way than you've heard empathy talked about before. So hopefully I bring some new insights to you today, something that's actionable, something that you can directly put to use in your life as soon as this episode ends. Many people are aware of the difference between empathy and sympathy, so I won't dwell there in this episode. If you've yet to discover the difference, that's completely okay. I'll leave that up to you as a personal research project. As for this episode, let's zoom in on empathy a little bit. At its core, Empathy is about understanding and sharing in the emotions and experiences of another person. Empathize is a verb. It's an action, and it's voluntary. In order to really empathize with others, we must entertain a certain level of genuine curiosity. We have to allow ourselves permission and constantly encourage ourselves to venture outside of our own mental frameworks and experiences. It takes active and conscious efforts to try to wrap our minds around the emotions and experiences of another person. In other words, it's not easy, and it will take some energy. Do you ever consciously wonder what the impatient person behind you in line is feeling? Or what the present emotional state of someone making harmful comments on the internet might be? How did they get here? Where was the seed first planted? What might their life have been like up until this moment? It takes a significant degree of emotional maturity to ask these questions in the first place. And then it takes another degree of maturity beyond that to ask these questions without judgment. If you want to be a part of the world's solution and not to contribute to the problem, it all starts with empathy. So here, we're gonna go through eight strategies to help you build your empathy muscle. If you're a note taker, this is your cue. Okay, so the first strategy for building your empathy muscle is make no assumptions. In assuming that something is true of someone, or that we undoubtedly know what someone's intentions are, we're acting based on incomplete information. Making assumptions of what someone may mean by a statement, or assuming the reason behind a person's behavior, prevents you from fully understanding them and their true motivations. Instead, try asking confirmational questions in a non-accusatory way. For example, so what exactly did you mean by that? Or what led you to respond that way? Whether their response is honest or not, you'll gain some level of understanding of the other person by reading their body language, tone of voice, and choice of words. This idea also includes avoiding speaking in absolutes, such as statements like, we all know that, dot dot dot, or it's obvious that, dot dot dot, because these statements are often not true 
and everyone that's being generalized is often not being fully considered. I make this mistake from time to time. I'd encourage you instead to use tempered phrases, such as, some of us are aware that, dot dot dot, or many of us have, dot dot dot, to make sure you don't assume everyone else's knowledge or experiences, and that your statements don't unknowingly become condescending. Strategy number two, make benefit of the doubt the default. Many of us have heard the phrase, give the benefit of the doubt, and it works beautifully in this context. Keeping in line with the idea of cutting out assumptions, choose to err on the positive side of your understanding of a person. Which is to say, if you don't know for sure what the case may be, lean your perspective, your perception, your understanding towards casting the person in a positive light. For example, if a friend is unreachable for days by phone, it doesn't serve you well to conclude that they must be ignoring you. Because any of a number of things could have occurred that led them to be unresponsive at that point in time. In a common situation in today's society, many people make conclusions about a person's intent and meaning based solely on written messages. So, texting, social media posts, email, without fully taking the time and effort to make sure that their conclusion is absolutely correct. Assumptions are being made. If you read a message that triggers a negative response, consider all of the possible intentions behind it. What might the person actually mean? Why might they have said what they said? Is it possible that I'm misinterpreting or misunderstanding the point that they're trying to get across? These are possibilities. Start by giving the other person the benefit of the doubt and exhausting the positive possibilities before moving to the more negative ones. Strategy number three. Seek first to understand before you label, judge, or condemn. Like I said at the beginning of this episode, understanding is the key to empathy. If we don't fully understand a person their story, their experiences, their hardships, as well as their triumphs. How can we possibly judge them? We don't expect federal judges to draw conclusions without weighing all of the possible evidence and the circumstances surrounding the events of a case. So given that we probably don't have all of the information concerning any individual person's life, how is it even possible for us to judge anyone in the first place? Seek first to understand. Because in the process of gaining this understanding, you'll equip yourself with the compassion, grace, and mercy needed to enhance your interactions with humankind as a whole. Strategy number four, ask why, even when you think you know the answer. In asking why, we allow other people to teach us about themselves and the way that they think, the way that they behave. Getting into the habit of asking why keeps us from jumping to conclusions and making assumptions, and in turn, it leads us to a better understanding of the other person and society in general. Strategy number five, learn the lingo of emotional description. There's a whole range of emotions out there behind the commonly clung to realm of happy, sad, that many people use to describe a lot of feelings. Do you feel happy or do you feel ecstatic? Do you feel sad or do you feel irritated? There are many very specific words to describe exactly what you're feeling. And if you can identify and articulate those emotions within yourself, you're a huge step closer to being able to identify and articulate those emotions when they occur in someone else. This idea is very much like trying to speak German or any other foreign language without having a vocabulary of German words. As you learn more words and their proper usages, you gain the ability to both communicate effectively and understand the language when it's used by others. Think of it as the language of emotions. And if you become fluent in the language, 
you'll be well on your way to becoming more empathetic and more emotionally powerful. Strategy number six. Replace negative adjectives you use to describe someone with the word human. So this one isn't as catchy, but it's a very nuanced strategy that's much more powerful than you might think. The idea here is to replace any negative adjective you use in your daily speech or thoughts to describe a person with the word human. For example, ugh, I hate it when you do that. Why do you have to be so human? Or another simple but common example, wow, that guy is so human. In replacing our negative vocabulary with the word human, we can essentially train ourselves to instinctively remember the humanity of every person, as well as the fact that everyone has their own quirks, flaws, and shortcomings. The understanding that this is true of every person allows us to quickly develop our empathy skills, redefining how we look at our fellow human counterparts. Strategy number seven, be honest with yourself and others. Being honest with others, in turn, often leads others to be more honest with you. However, if you aren't honest with yourself, it becomes very difficult for you to be honest with other people. This may commonly take the form of hiding or rationalizing thoughts, actions, or feelings, or subscribing to the just world fallacy that we'll get more into in a later episode. For example, when you hear the standard, how are you? If you're being completely honest with yourself and with the other person, the response, I'm fine, is often enough not the most accurate answer. It might be the easiest answer, the answer that takes the least amount of thought, and the answer that honestly gets people to go away if you don't really feel like opening up to them. Understandable. But as it happens, we may not be ready to fully deal with whatever may be going on in the back of our mind. Or we may fully convince ourselves that everything really is fine, knowing deep, deep down that that may not be the case. In either situation, honesty allows us to acknowledge, process, and learn from events and feelings fairly quickly, rather than suppressing them to be dealt with at a later point in time, which, as we talked about in episode two, is very dangerous for your mental health. As it pertains to empathy, Living from a mindset of honesty allows us to better understand our own emotions, and in understanding our own emotions, we're better able to understand those same emotions when they occur in others. Strategy number eight, the last strategy for building your empathy muscle. Remember that a person's behavior is heavily impacted by their past. So in this strategy, the goal is to keep in mind that the life of every person you see has been heavily shaped by the events that they've experienced, whether for better or for worse. I talked to you all a few weeks ago about a trauma response that I had. That's an example of something that was shaped very heavily by past experiences that caused me to behave in the present in a certain pattern-oriented way. Let's take, for example, many kids who go on to join gangs. They do so because they want to fit in somewhere, to feel like someone cares about them, to feel valued as a member of a community. They might want to even prove themselves to someone that they care a lot about or that they really want to impress, someone that they really look up to, or a host of other reasons. If we were to look at these members of society at face value for where they are now and what they do today, it would be similar to a person trying to understand the Mona Lisa while standing less than an inch away from the painting. In that moment, they would be so zoomed in and focused on the small portion of the painting that they could see only the part that they could see, 
But the painting itself as a whole couldn't possibly make sense if they couldn't see the literal big picture. We get the same idea if a person reads only the last chapter in a book and tries to make conclusions about the overall story. Let's look at it this way. Everyone has a story, even you. And if you really want to understand another person, you'll have to start at chapter one. Now, this episode is titled The End of Empathy. I just spent several minutes talking to you about empathy and how to build that muscle and how important it is from both a personal and global perspective. So what do I mean by the end of empathy? Well, to me, this means a number of important things that I want to share with you. The first one is that for many people, empathy is never taught. For so long, empathy has been a kind of of a dying art form. It's been one of those either you just get it or you don't kind of skills. One of those things that we just by default assume you just learn how to be empathetic, how to empathize with others from just existing on this earth. You just get it with experience. And that's obviously not the case as we see people who don't know how to empathize in various positions of power across the world, both in the present and throughout history. And there will be more in the future. But like I said earlier, empathy is a skill. Empathizing is a skill, and it must be trained if we're going to reach our full potential as individual humans, and, of course, in a larger societal context. Another meaning of this idea is that, like I said earlier, empathy is about understanding. Yes, empathizing is an action and a skill, and yes, it takes effort. But the crucial thing that I want to get across here is that where empathy ends is where the real action begins. An understanding of another person can only go so far if you don't act on that understanding. The subtitle of this episode is A Call to Action. I'm calling you right now to act. It does little good to empathize with someone and still treat them with disrespect. It does little good to understand how someone is feeling and to use that knowledge to manipulate them. It does little good to understand the past experiences that have shaped someone's current behavior and to exploit that pain and trauma, rather than trying to actively help them. You see, demagogues, cult leaders, marketers, they can empathize too. Really well, in fact. Where empathy ends, action begins. It's your choice to use empathy to act in good faith and in love, or to act in a self-serving way. You can choose to communicate with love, teach from a place of love, encourage with love. Like I said in episode 2, Your ability to empathize with others and bring healing and connection and joy into their lives, that's your superpower. And right now, at this very moment, the world is calling you to be its next hero. Such a great podcast. Would definitely recommend listening. The topics that Elgin dives into are thoughtful and bring a new insight and perspective to interesting emotional health concepts. This is an area that I can definitely focus on evaluating and thinking more deeply on. And this podcast helps start those conversations and curiosity. So that review comes from over on Apple Podcasts from Megan F. It's my cousin, Megan. Thank you so much, Megan, for leaving a review. I really appreciate it. And thank you for being this week's More Human Podcast Listener of the Week. Like I say every week, reviews go a long way in helping this podcast grow makes it easier for people to take the first step and listen to the podcast and and know that they're in the right place. So if you want to help this podcast grow, help me grow as a creator, help someone new find the podcast and become a future more human podcast listener of the week, 
head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a written review. Thank you so much. All right, that's the end of episode eight. As always, thanks so much for listening. From Winterheart Studios, I'm Elgin Davis, and this is the More Human Podcast. See you next time.